Hello and good afternoon from where I am. My name is Justin Godley, and this is the Gospel Guy. So if you guys are here, um, just just a heads up, I've only created two episodes so far, and it's been very interesting for me. It's been a very interesting journey up to this point, and I look forward to um, kind of walking through that and journeying through that with you guys today. Um, so with that being said, I wanted to go ahead and open us up in some prayer and then go ahead and talk a little bit more about today's subject, um, which is going to have to do with 1 Corinthians 13. And it's also going to be talking, the general theme of this subject is going to be in regards to um, the wholeness of a person um, and essentially where we should be seeking that wholeness. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we can go ahead and just jump right in. So, Lord, thank you so much for this time that we get to spend together. Father God, we just pray that this time is, is, is your time, that this time uh, allows us to uh, reflect upon the things that you've uh, brought to our attention. And, Lord, we just pray that you can humble us in this way, give us the wisdom that um, will continue to build a case uh, for the truth that we know to be through you and through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, welcome. Welcome to the Gospel Guy. For those of you who are just listening in, um, this is, guys, this has been a crazy, it's been just like a crazy journey for me um, when it comes to um, recognizing or kind of picking up or maybe even seeing um, kind of like my purpose in life and seeing what God, where God might be calling me towards. Um, so I haven't, I apologize for those of you who might have listened to the first episode and then not heard from me for like months. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy uh, couple, couple months um, of transitioning for me. So I definitely look forward to getting into the study and um, talking about essentially everything that's been going on in my life with you guys a little more closely. Uh, so let's just go ahead and go right into it. So it's not really a study. Uh, for those of you who don't know, really the kind of the general idea behind why I created the Gospel Guy in the first place is just for me to express kind of my voice of what I've what I've witnessed and, and sort of testify to what I've witnessed through Christ uh, in, in this world that we live in, but kind of give give it through a means of biblical context because a lot of the times the trouble is is like I'm of course like any any profound believer I'm a big fan I'm of course I'm a huge fan of miracles a huge fan of witnessing a huge fan of um Jesus escaping me it's like uh I I don't want to say worded tongues or I'm a huge fan of tongues I'm a huge fan of churches that um uh, Pentecostal churches that uh, emphasize the need for that in in the body of Christ. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of those things, um, but I think there's really good reason to always have a biblical context. Um, yeah, I always get this mixed up, and I know I spoke with a good friend of mine, a best, my best friend actually. His name's Baron, and he and I um, we've done a bunch of other stuff together online. But when it comes to comes to this topic of uh, context, um, 
you know, we were, we kind of ran across this difference between eisegesis and exegesis, and I've known about it for a long time. Um, but I always get, it's funny, just like, the reason I mention it is because the other day, him and I were talking about it, and I, I always got it mixed up. So um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to the significance of, of how Christians ought to kind of um, pursue God and and pursue a relationship with Christ, I've learned that there is a huge difference and there, it's an important thing to recognize where there's eisegesis and exegesis. And, um, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the study, but it's definitely important to recognize the difference between the two. One of them basically says we take the, the way of the world and we put it into the Bible. And the other one says we take the way of the Bible and we put it into the world. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a big fan of taking what's from the Bible and putting it into the world. So that's just to make that clear. Um, again, I don't remember which one's which. If you guys want to look that up on your own time, I might put like a link in the description of this podcast um, with more information on the difference between eisegesis and exegesis. I, I actually learned the term a couple of years ago at a chaplain internship that I went to um, because I'm actually in the Army. I'm in the Army ROTC program now, but I'm soon to commission as a second lieutenant, and um, I was exploring career options, and I'm still kind of exploring it, and I, I suppose later in later episodes you'll learn more about me uh, when it comes to this because, uh, like, I, I have, like I've said, I've been through a journey <laughs> past couple months of discovering my, my purpose and what God's calling me to and and how I should be acting in wisdom accordingly to what is really my purpose and what I thought was my purpose and all of those things. I might even make another episode on that. Um, so stay tuned. But what I really wanted to do in this episode is I wanted to talk more closely about um, wholesomeness. And I wanted to talk about the things that we assume on the basis of romance to be wholesome. Um, on the basis of romance, the reality is this, uh, and we, we know this to be true in the world, um, you know, people want to feel whole by doing something. And, and I suppose like me finding my purpose was one of those things, one of those, error, one, one of those areas of error that I had where I was assuming my purpose to make me feel whole in one way, where God was really trying to direct me towards my true purpose, where... I would truly feel whole through him in another way. And again, it's just, um, it's kind of a mishap of understanding. Um, and that's, again, it's a lesson. It's a lifelong lesson. Um, but a lot of the times I think humility can come through and we can really understand kind of the con- context of what I'm suggesting through Proverbs. Um, what is it? Proverbs five. Wait a minute. Hang on. Assurance of guidance. Proverbs three. Yep. So assurance of guidance, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, for those of you navigators, um, the navigators are an excellent discipleship group, but essentially Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 um, talks about, um, it, says, it says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And a lot of the times I think, uh, I think that's one of the the many verses that I forget. I have like five lifetime verses. I'll probably put that in the description as well in this video, in this, this episode. Uh, but those are my, those are one of my top five, 
one of my top five verses and actually that's an again like it's a navigators it comes from the navigators so um if you're interested in their discipleship group after this i definitely i would definitely take a look i'll probably put a link to their website um but anyways i'm getting off track again uh so going back to wholesomeness there are so many things that people in our society and in the world would assume would make them whole and um you know, it, it doesn't have to be just romance. You know, for some of us, it's romance. I'm a hopeless, I grew up and I grew up a hopeless romantic. And I know some of you who are probably listening to this podcast could relate um, with that dynamic. And, you know, essentially, um, I wish I had a proper definition for that. I do apologize. I'm actually creating, I'm recording this podcast in my car right now. Uh, <laughs> normally I'd be doing it at home, but um, my computer, uh, all my computers are having issues and and I'm currently at my college right now in my car recording this this podcast as we speak so um, I don't have notes on like the proper definition of of hopeless romantic but uh, from from my perspective if I had to properly define hopeless romantic and hopefully I don't get this wrong you know any of you guys that are in the crowd that are very acute with this definitely feel free to correct me at any time but I would say hopeless romantic is you know, it's like um, it's having this fantasized version of what uh, romance should look like um, and or what or therefore love, if we're talking kind of on a secular basis um, as to what romance should look like. And what I wanted to do in this podcast episode is I wanted to explore the biblical understanding of love and how romance that the world suggests is kind of falsified a little bit. Um, it's been glamorized. And, uh, and really, I guess, to kind of set more of a precedence as to where I'm going with this, I'm sure many of you um, are familiar with, uh, are familiar with um, romantic movies, you know, rom-coms. Um, and, and again, it's, it's not to say that, like, the, you know, I'm sure, like, people, when they create rom-coms, they're trying to do it to you know uh, you know what i'm I'm just gonna be honest (laughs) i was gonna fight on their defense about rom-coms again if any of you like rom-coms it's great um i'm just gonna be totally honest i i really do think there's some level of glamorization that goes into rom-coms um and it's hard to find a good rom-com or another you know any any genre that falls under that romantic category in today's society where um it isn't full of crap you know (laughs) like it isn't just like totally inaccurate as to what love really looks like and um i just i'm just gonna be honest i i you know what i've reckoned what i've what i i'm only 23 but what i've explored so far when it comes to love you know as the greeks would put out i know there's like four different types of love um and again forgive me i don't have notes in front of me or anything this is totally off the cuff um it's it's just one thing to say, like, you know, it's one say, like, it's one thing to like, you know, say this is what love looks like, and kind of give more of an idea on the basis of, of like truth and fact, and then it's another thing to say that, you know, like this is what love looks like, and I just I when I look at how glamorized it is on television today, it really discourages me, um, just a little bit, so. Um, okay, so going back to really, I think, the, the point of this, the theme of this episode is talking about 
um, wholesomeness. And, and I think I might do another episode. Actually, you know what? I might just do a couple more episodes on wholesomeness um, through other lens, through the lens of money, uh, through the lens of, of achievement. Because I know, again, it's not, just, it's not just romance that becomes kind of a... Um, becomes sort of a thing that uh, deters us or distracts us is a better word distracts us from God's love um, but it, it is it is one of those things so without further ado we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna take a look at first Corinthians 13 I'm, I'm not gonna read through it all all that much um, I'm just gonna use it kind of like as a reference point like a, it's a chapter and um, I would highly recommend you all look into it yourselves as well but Paul comes up with a really good way of explaining what love, you know, is essentially um, comparatively to what perhaps the church of Corinth thought love was or was assuming. Um, again, I'm not a scholar, so forgive me if I butcher any of this and uh, show me, you know, correct, definitely correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong about any of this. Uh, but essentially when it comes to when it comes to love, I think Paul gives a very good representation as to as to what love really is. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, it's it's very clear. So I mean, I'll go ahead. Just give me one moment. I'm gonna go ahead and open it. Open up my my little Bible app. So, 1 Corinthians 13, I'll start with 1 Corinthians 13, 4. All of the entire chapter is very, very good to read. I highly suggest it. I am um, under the, kind of in a Baptist way, I, I do recommend reading the entire chapter, reading it for all of its context, not taking, you know, certain parts that make you feel good. Again, because there is us putting the world into the Bible, and then the Bible you know, us taking what was in the Bible and putting it into the world. And I really recommend that the more thorough you investigate this book, um, the better. Because a lot of the times people look at this book and they, they want to use it for their own means. When the reality is, is it's just not, it's not intended for that purpose. Um, so, so just highly recommend taking a look at the whole chapter, but for sakes of time and kind of just like exploring what what wholesomeness should look like in a scriptural sense and what we assume wholesomeness looks like in a worldly sense, I'm going to go ahead and start from verse 4. So it says, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, for those of you who picked up your Bible. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It allows, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. Love never fails, verse 8. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when, we, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, 
then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, um, funny, <laughs> funny little thing before I continue. I, I, I remember, um, I remember a long time ago, not a long time ago, I was like over-exaggerating. But I mean, it, it was long for me, like, it was like freshman year, I think, whatever. I went to a wedding, uh, a good, a close friend of mine's wedding. He, uh, he, he, I, he and I, and now his wife used to go to the same church. I moved churches back when I was like a sophomore or junior in college. And essentially, um, I remember them using this in their wedding or using this chapter in their wedding. Um, the pastor, when they were getting married, like, and they were in the Jeez, I'm I'm bad with like terminology when it comes to weddings. Sorry, but like the processions, or just essentially, you know, the the area, the time where they they kiss the bride and stuff like that. Forgive me, I don't know the terminology for that, or I don't remember it. Um, you know, they said this during their vows. That's right, during their vows, during the area of their vows in this wedding, they were um, they were basically they used this chapter as as a kind of like part of that process and those procedures and I thought of course that was really romantic and beautiful and awesome but um but let's let's take a closer look at this chapter let's go ahead and explore like what Paul is really saying and or yeah let's try to understand from without I mean we want to put in the work let me put this let me put this out there again I I I apologize that this was rushed but I do want to make it known that it's important to put in the work to understand what's really being said in scripture Um, I'm not a big, I am not, and I'm very deliberately saying this. I am not an advocate of just reading the scriptures and then interpreting it the way you assume it should be interpreted. Um, because that can be a very dangerous thing. And it's not to say, I'm not saying like, don't interpret it like from your perspective or don't take it as like what you assume it would be to you. Just be wise about it. You know, when you look at it, um, seek wisdom from other people that have read the scriptures themselves. Um, if you're the kind of person that likes their independence, I get that. Trust me, I'm very much the same. But the reality is, is that you're not, you don't know everything. You're not God. You know, you're, you're not all knowing. Um, and it can be, you know, you have limits, and sometimes what you might see from your perspective as true might not be what everybody's seeing. And so therefore, I very strongly recommend um, challenging what I'm saying, but also reading into it yourself a little bit more closely because it will help you like a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, but what we're going to really do is just kind of give a brief synopsis as to what's being written here in the scriptures uh, in First Corinthians 13, 4 through pretty much the end. So, uh, getting back on track here, I, I, it was a long time ago. Uh, it was another, another little story. I like telling stories. Uh, I was, a I used to work at Chick-fil-A for like three years before, um, a little bit while I was in high school and then into freshman year of college. And in my earlier years of working for Chick-fil-A, uh, I would date like a lot. Like I... Again, I, I'm a very, what's the word? I can be a very charming guy. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to boost or toot my own horn 
or any of that. Um, but when I was uh, 18 years old, just finishing up high school, I was, um, what's the word? Kind of a, kind of, I don't want to be inappropriate, but I was kind of a man, uh, uh, you know, a man W. I'm not going to say the whole word. I'm sure you guys can understand what I was trying to say there. I was kind of a playboy, um, a little bit. You know, I like to flirt with women, and I mean, I'm very attracted to women, so, you know, there's that too. Um, but, like, I was very much just, like, dating around, you know, when I was in high school. Um, I was exploring, like, a lot. Um, and, you know, thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy that, you know, the troubles of my youth didn't follow me um, or, you know, continue to be refined by his glory and by his love um, and his grace for me. So, I guess what I'm really getting at, so like continuing with the story, like that was basically me in high school. And I'll never forget this one day I was walking back from Chick-fil-A. It was just this one very particular moment. I, I think I had just broken up with this one girl that I was, you know, hopelessly romantically in love with, right? Again, just this hopeless romantic mindset of like, oh, this is what this relationship should look like. And the reality was it wasn't the it wasn't the way I thought it was. Like my relationship with this this girl was not at all what I thought it should be. Um, but it wasn't just because I had unrealistic expectations to the relationship. It was also because I well no, it, well I mean I guess you could say in essence it really was that unrealistic expectation because otherwise I wouldn't be talking about it and I wouldn't be addressing also the reality of that relationship, right? Um, but, it, it, you know, as a hopeless romantic, for those of you who can relate, like, you have this mindset of, okay, this is what the relationships should look like. And you assume automatically in your heart that, um, that that's the right way to go about relationships. You think, oh, yeah, like, you know, I love this person because, um, because of this, or this person makes me whole because of this. And I'll never forget, I was walking back from Chick-fil-A and I had just gotten out of a terrible relationship with this one, this one girl that, um, and again, it's funny, it's just like I'm talking about it now and I'm recognizing all of my regrets <laughs> uh, of, of being in these relationships. It's just these terrible, awful relationships. And I was just praying about it. I was kind of thinking about it. I do this thing with prayer. And, and it's a simple, for prayer for me, and I, I'm sure it is for all of us who are Christians, it's, it should be at least, it doesn't have to be something official, it's just a matter of relationship with God um, through communicating with God and, and having that time with Him and speaking with Him sincerely, genuinely, you know, whether you're angry, upset, sad, happy, it doesn't matter, just talking to Him, you know what I mean? As if you would talk to a close friend or as if you would talk to your own dad or your own your own loved one, talking to God pretty much the same way. Because that's what he wants. He wants you guys, he wants us, he wants me, he wants all of you. He wants us to love and to do it in a way that's sincere and, and reflects the truth. You know what I mean? Reflects who we really are. Not just like some made up version of who we assume we should be in his glory. It's just, it's beautiful to see it that way. And I, I want to emphasize that. There are other parts of scripture I'd love to bring up um, in the future that really help us see that, maybe create some episodes over that concept as well. Um, but essentially, going back to the story, I was walking home from Chick-fil-A this one time, and uh, I was like, you know, again, I was praying. I was like, God, I, I, I wasn't, so a lot of the times, again, like I say, I pray out loud. Like, I will talk out loud to myself 
and make myself look like a weirdo on purpose in front of other people. Because <laughs> I don't care. Like, I love to talk to, I like to talk not only to myself, but to God in the same way where I just talk out loud. I just express what's on my mind. I think it's one of the many reasons why I'm creating this podcast is because I love to talk out loud. It's just how it is uh, for me. And, you know, I, and so here I am just kind of rationalizing that whole circumstance with this damaged relationship. And um, I came to a revelation. And I do that a lot. There are a lot of revelations that I have that I think are very much a reflection of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Um, where uh, I'm just like, I just come to this revelation of truth, of something that's real and true. Um, and I, I've come to see, and I, again, I, I very avidly challenge my revelations um, with scripture, with scriptural context, uh, just to see if they were true or not. And some, a lot of my revelations have been very scriptural. Um, so I, I can attest that confidently and with relief, because again, I know how dangerous it can be to just speak out of my butt. You know what I mean? I know how dangerous Pentecostal church can be if people are just faking it. And that's why I'm so eager to continue to stay in the word and stay in scripture is because of that exact reason. Um, but this is one of those moments where I knew what I was, I, you know, of course I was, I was speaking truth um, of my circumstances in a way that reflected what was really supposed to be whole wholesome. Um, and I think one, a good example of this can come from what Paul is trying to say to the church of Corinth in first Corinthians 13. So, you know, as I'm walking and I'm, I came to this revelation, the revelation very clearly was, um, was that cause I was coming to this assumption, like I had automatically before this point came to this assumption that, uh, the, other half, like when you look at something mathematically, right? Um, so like my other half or, you know, like this assumption that like a woman or whoever I'm with at that time, my other half would be, um, my completion. Okay. So let me rephrase, let me just reiterate what I just said. Like I had assumed at this point that, uh, that relationship would complete me. Like, up until this point of me walking home from Chick-fil-A, you know, it was like four or five years ago, you know, just kind of rationalizing what love looks like. I had automatically assumed that love uh, before that time was all about the other person completing you, right? So if you look at a logical mathematical equation and you see that, you know, there's 50%, um, you're 50%, and then they're the other 50%, which makes 100%, um, that was what I assumed was happening when I, you know, when I was pursuing marriage when I was younger. And in this point, like, I was just like, oh yeah, so like, she's supposed to complete me. And I was devastated, to be honest. I was devastated that it, we broke it off and I couldn't understand exactly why it happened. I was just rationalizing. And so what I realized was, and I had to kind of rationalize this philosophically for myself a little while, a little bit, um, was that, you know, she's not, if she's not meant to complete me, you know, whoever this girl at the time was, I'm, I, she, will re- she will remain nameless. <laughs> um, you know, 
then if she's not meant to complete me, because the reality is, is that she didn't complete me. Like when I was in that relationship with her, she didn't complete me at all. You know what I mean? It almost felt kind of like she took from me. Um, And, you know, when she takes from you or when, you know, whoever it is you're with is taking from you, it can feel really hard to, there's just this level of expectation that's just unrealistic. Like it can feel really hard to, um, to give back, to actually give and not want to take yourself. Or in some regards, it can be really hard for you to take, or it can be really hard the other way around too. Like there's always this give and take when it comes to relationships. And it's, it's, again, when we do it as human beings, when we assume that, um, you know, like what, when we assume what love should look like and we assume what romance should look like outside of what the Bible says about it, we automatically take, we automatically boost that give and take dynamic by 11. You know what I mean? Like we take what is and we try to boost it. We try to make it more than what it is, or we try to distort it or pervert it to our own will and our own desires. Um, and we fail every time. You know what I mean? Like we fail every single time we do that. Uh, because the reality is, is that we're not perfect. And there's some instance where we might assume, especially when it comes to romance and love, depending on who you are as a person, that we are, that we are perfect enough for this, right? And I know, it's, my gosh, it might sound crazy. It might sound ludicrous. It might sound like, oh, what is he talking about? But it's true. It's very much true. Um, so in this situation, I, I concluded, I said, okay, well, I, we can't, this can't, this girl and the other girls that I've been with have not completed me. And I was praying at this point and I was like, there's no way, Lord, that, you know, this could be the case. Then what exactly is it? What exactly does this mean? And then I had concluded from that point that, okay, if they didn't completely, they didn't complete me, then what am I looking for in love? Perhaps what I'm looking for instead of something that completes me is I'm looking for something that complements me. Because the reality is, is that I realized, okay, well, very truly, and I knew this to be true, that that girl was not supposed to complete me. Not only was it that she didn't complete me, because that's the reality of the situation, it's that that girl that I was with shouldn't complete me, shouldn't be my means of completion, right? Something else had to be that means of completion in the relationship. And ultimately I realized, and I had to humble myself, especially when I was on my walk home, that that was God. You know what I mean? That was, that was God. God is in essence, my first love. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to recognize that it's important to see that if, especially if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, it's important to remember that I think, or if you've forgotten it or to, recognize it now, you know, if you're a baby Christian or something, but it's like nothing else aside from God, um, can complete you because God is the beginning. You know what I mean? He's, he is, he is, you know? And so, um, with that being said, you know, you can look at Exodus, for example, where he says before Moses, he says, I am who I am. Right. Um, and then you can look at, I don't want to screw this up, but I think I might, it's either first John or John where he talks about how, where John or whoever the writer is at that point is basically saying that God is love. And 
And then, you know, you see these examples, see these like little areas where it's basically establishing who God is to us. Um, but I think what really helps us get a better image of, well, those are basically evidence that God is like love and, and he is the master of love. He's essentially the one that <laughs> conceptualizes love and, and makes it a reality for us um, and makes it a reality for the universe and everything. Um, but essentially, I think 1 Corinthians 13 really brings it home where it addresses essentially like kind of what love looks like more realistically from a biblical perspective. Um, and what we want love to look like, like, and it, it also helps us, it also helps us uh, break down those falsified beliefs of what we think love should look like, because we think love should look like something entirely different. We think romance should look like something entirely different than what it is. Uh, so anyways, so yes, I'm continuing on this, this walk and I realize that God is the thing that completes it. He is the person, not the thing. Oh my goodness. I mean, if, if the thing, it'd be a capital T, you know what I'm saying? Um, but he, you know, him being the being that completes me, um, I had to understand then I had to, well, I had to come to, come to conclusion and surrender the fact that this woman or whoever I, I end up with in the future would never complete me fully. Um, would never be a full completion. And what I realized was, is I had to, I, so then I had to ask the question. So what I, what I asked the question was, okay, well, if they can't complete me, then what can they do? Um, and essentially, how could that work? I know it sounds kind of messy when I say, what can they do for me? Because I was going to say that, and then I didn't. Because <laughs> again, it goes, it kind of goes against everything I've I'm talking to you guys about 1 Corinthians 13. But really what I'm trying to say is more like what I'm trying, what I'm intending to say to you guys is like, what can, what is it that makes that relationship so special? You know what I mean? Like what is the reason for marriage in that sense um, is basically kind of a lot of what I'm concluding from this, from this walk that I had from Chick-fil-A that one fateful evening. And what I realized was ultimately is that it's not for them necessarily from a philosophical point to complete us. It's for, uh, it's for them to complement us and for us to complement them. The reality is, 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 is that I think a lot of the times when in marriage and when in relationship or in courtship or dating, um, you know, we have this false expectation that they should complete us is really what I'm getting at that they should fulfill some part of us and make us whole. And that's why this, this episode is going to be titled Wholesomeness. is because that's what ultimately I'm seeing is it becoming a false belief um, in our society. People becoming depressed over this. People killing themselves, literally, over this. You know, um, uh, doing just terrible things um, for the sake of this false reality, this false sense of love, which just doesn't exist. Um, and, and again my frustration with Hollywood and with films that glamorize this toxic sense of love, this toxic, twisted sense of relationship. It's just, it's just very unfortunate. And um, when it comes to them complimenting us, you know, what does that look like is basically what I had to, I think, uh, take time to recognize and look for. And so from that point on, I vowed I'd never be in like a relationship with another girl until I knew I was ready, you know, until I saw that woman I wanted to be with who would compliment me, um, not fulfill me, not 
you know, complete me, but would compliment me. And I did. And uh, it's been amazing ever since. I met the love of my life two years ago. Her name is Lynn. Um, and she is an amazing, powerful woman. A uh, woman of valor. Who can find her? And I'm sure for you, those who, for those of you who have seen The Chosen, uh, or if you've seen, like, I've been watching it, I've been... <clears throat> love that show. Love that series. Um, it's like, it's giving a, it's kind of like the Netflix version <laughs> of the life of Jesus and it kind of got walking through, you know, kind of a real life example of what the gospel and what it would look like in a real life sense. It's a really good show. It's actually more like an app that's can kind of like Netflix where you download the apps called The Chosen. I'll probably put a link in there for you guys too, so you can go ahead and take a look for it for yourself. If you haven't seen it, guys, you want to see it. It's awesome. It's the best since it's the best thing since sliced bread. And it's really, it's really helped nurture and remind me of the power of my faith. Um, and the, the power of that, that original spark that I had with God. Um, and how it, you know, that, that love, it just reignited that, that those memories of, of how I ended up falling in love with God and how I ended up, you know, becoming saved through the process, um, with that, with that, with that in mind. So definitely recommend taking a look at that, but let's get more into it. Um, when we go to, when we look at scripture here. So when you look at verse four, you know, you see that it says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. So a lot of what I've just said through that entire process of recognizing that it should be a matter of the person being like a compliment to you and, and you being a compliment to that person, um, a lot of that can be said, can be looked at through this lens, right? Uh, when we look at how you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is not easily, you know, love, it does not, bo- it does not envy, it does not boast, it does not, it is not proud. A lot of this, again, like a lot of these areas of scripture, like where it's talking about this is giving us another idea, is giving us, it, it's saying that it's, it's, it's patient and it's kind. And then it's saying what it's not, which is envious, which is boastful. And again, like when we look at what envy means, Right? When we look at what boastfulness means and what pride might look like, we realize that it has nothing to do with love, right? Like as it's saying clearly, it has nothing to do with love. How many of us, again, church, like how many of us have been, um, you know, have been envious of other people before? I know I'm not the only one. How many of us have been boastful? How many of us have been proud? Dude, this is like literally, and it's like literally like those little things that I, you know, being boastful, being envious, being proud. Those are things I come succumb to a lot of the time. I, I, if I'm being honest, at least in my heart, it might not look like it, you know, in in a public sense. Like I might not profess it exactly this way, but it happens. There are times I've been envious, I've been boastful, I've been proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So it's just the question to me as I, you know, as I continue showing you, like just going back to scripture to show you essentially the takeaway here. It's like, how many times have we been these things? And again, thought that 
it reflected how we should love one another. Right? Um, and then it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. I just really appreciate Paul for writing this because he gives, he helps us see, he helps us really understand um, what love isn't. He's giving a very, if you can see, like from verse four, he's giving a very expressed um, split between what love isn't and what it is. You know, very clear, concise example as to what it is and what it isn't, um, as to what it does and what it doesn't do or what it is and what it isn't. And it's important for us to recognize those differences. You know, when we look at wholesomeness, when we look at what it means to be whole, um, and we see essentially what he's talking about, that love is, and then what it shouldn't be, we begin to realize that wholesomeness comes from God. And these are the examples we can pick from Scripture to recognize that, to help us understand, as we live our day-to-day, what God intends for us to do in loving one another, regardless of how you might love. Again, I, you know, it's funny, I really kind of pinpoint romance in this sense because I want it to be something helpful. I think romance is an easy one to pick apart. Um, but romantic love is not the only type of love where this is relevant. Okay, romantic love is one of the different types of love where this is, where this scripture, where this chapter in particular can really play a role in understanding how you should love one another. But then there's also other types. There's, there's three other types that I haven't mentioned. You know, there's like the brotherly, there's the friends, friendship type of love. There's, again, I'm oversimplifying because I don't have the exact examples in front of me. There's the friendship type of love. There's the parental type of love. And then I think there's like, I forget the third type aside from the romantic type of love. But you get my point. There are four different types of love. There are, as the Greeks would have put it, and essentially um, all of them can be, we can look at 1 Corinthians 13, take away all of what is basically established in this sense and use it in all of our different types of relationships of how we love one another. I can use this to love Lynn more I could use this to love Lynn according to how God intends me to love her. I can also use this to love Baron, right? My best friend or love, you know, my fellow peers in, in ROTC and love people from the navigators and so on and so forth. Because this is a foundation like first Corinthians 13 establishes a good foundation as to what, what we should be looking for um, when we love one another. Um, and I guess, I mean, I should have used scripture. Here's the other thing is I probably should have used scripture that, you know, helps kind of like, uh, well, scripture. Well, I I don't know if there's scripture to back this up though. It's, um, that idea of, of complimenting one another. Um, I mean, yeah, actually there, I'm sure there is scripture for that as well. Um, So (laughs) I'll probably put in a bunch of other uh, verses and other chapters that you should consider when understanding what I'm trying to say, Um, just so you can get uh, a better, what's the word, better understanding um, comparatively to what I was addressing. But I thought I would go ahead and bring that up. When we look at what we're, when we pursue 
a wholesome relationship with others, regardless of the relationship type, regardless of whether it's romantic or not, we should consider 1 Corinthians 13 as a good example as to how we should live out that relationship in true love and what that really looks like from God's, from God's intent and not from our, not from our wrongful intent, right? Because the, the reality is very simple. Bottom line, um, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. None of us are exactly who we think we are. And so it's very important for us if we're trying to build relationships that last, if we're trying to build relationships that um, give God glory for us to recognize all of, like, truly recognize what that looks like through Scripture. So hopefully this was helpful. So hopefully this was a good time for you guys as it was for me. Um, I, I, you know, again, if you all could just pray for me um, and keep me in your thoughts. I've been exploring a lot of different, you know, just kind of like a different avenues of, of what purpose God has for me when it comes to work and when it comes to um, kind of like how I'm going to make a living. Um, you know, I have a lot of goals, a lot of plans, and I want to be humble this time around. I want to make sure that I'm not doing all of this out of my own desire, but that I'm doing it for God. Because uh, the reality is, is you know, as, as much as I want to do this alone, um, I cannot do this alone. And so definitely, you know, if you guys can keep me in your prayers, I would, I would really appreciate it. But hopefully, again, like this was really a good time for you guys. Um, I definitely plan uh, from here on out to create more episodes, probably keep it a little bit more structured so that way... Um, so that way I don't lead you guys astray. That's one of my biggest fears of creating these episodes is that I'm leading someone astray. <laughs> and I want to make sure I don't do that and there's no confusion. Because if there's one thing I've learned to regret and hate and resent, it's confusion. It's this lack of miscommunication or this lack of confusion that the devil would use against any one of us um, to make us doubt in ways that uh, not only you know, are used as an effort to destroy God's kingdom, but also to kind of just destroy us and to keep us from, keep us from a relationship with God in a true sense. And so I want to really make sure I, I break down uh, that confusion barrier so others, so all of you guys can fully understand what I'm saying, prayerfully so. And for those of you who are coming in, who, you know, maybe don't believe um, I welcome that. I strongly, especially in this podcast, I, I highly recommend that. I strongly welcome that. I'm going to try and post this on Facebook. If you guys want to go ahead and comment, if you guys are following me or if you guys are like, uh, you know, like my friends on Facebook or whatever, um, definitely put a comment down on this video so I can explore maybe other things I can talk about and <clears throat> other things I can bring to attention and study and, and look into. I'm always studying. I'm always doing research on... Um, these things. I'm a very, I very much have a philosophical uh, way of looking at life in general and looking at scripture. And, you know, but ever since I became a believer, my biggest objective has been to, you know, help other people understand the Bible better from kind of where I'm coming from. And, I, and a lot of, the, and if I'm going to be honest before I close up here, a lot of 
a lot of essentially um, my issues recently have been with my fear of coming on onto these podcasts. Because again, I don't want to lead you astray and I don't want to fail God in this way. There's a fear that I have that I'll fail God if I continue to share this word with you. Um, but the reality is, is and, and another rationale that I created out of this fear was, oh, well, there are plenty of other people that do this, you know, that have podcasts and <laughs> want to explore scripture with you. Um, but I see this as the right thing to do. <laughs> I, I no longer will be fear, fearful of this. And you should expect more podcasts to come your way. Um, I'm going to make this more of a thing, more of a commitment, because I think it's important. I think it's important for the church. Um, it doesn't matter who does this. Anyone can. Uh, uh, you know, keep in mind, guys, at the time of this video, I'm probably going to look for a job as like a barista or like a work in a coffee shop or something. Lynn says it makes me, um, what's the word? It makes me more hipster. She's really into that. <laughs> And honestly, I'm not against it. I live an interesting life. So I, I wear the uniform and I also do other weird stuff and it's just a nice little dynamic. So anyways, that's pretty much me uh, wrapping up. So uh, another episode of The Gospel Guy. Uh, thank you guys for hopping on with me and I look forward to exploring more biblical truth and context that can be helpful um, to those who are listening. So have a good one, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.